1: The following show was previously broadcast.
2: Welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. Bob's been practicing law for over 30 years and is certified by the State Bar of California as a legal specialist in estate planning trust and probate law. Bob is here to help you set your house in order with valuable insights you can use today to prepare a better tomorrow for your loved ones. And now your host for Plan Your Estate Radio, attorney Bob Bergman.
1: Good afternoon, Bay Area. This is your host, Bob Bergman, broadcasting from my office here in San Jose near Hillsdale and Camden, if you know where that is. I moved my office a few weeks ago. And I'm really now settled into my new location. I uh, broadcast the show actually from my dedicated seminar room here in my office where I give seminars regularly on living trust planning and also on retirement plan trust planning, which is specialist day planning for retirement plans. Um, I'm probably going to be putting on a seminar in the next month or two that specifically is going to cover the two topics that I plan on covering on the show today, which I'll share with you in a moment. Before that, though, right at this moment while I'm broadcasting, there is a memorial service going on for Tyler Recton, who is the son of um, my friend Brian Recton, who is uh, who works for K D O W K FAX and 860 The Answer for the Salem Media Group. Um, the memorial service is up the peninsula. I'm broadcasting now, otherwise I'd be there myself. But um, he tragically died uh, having a heart attack while driving his car a couple weeks ago. And uh, I wanted to take just a moment on my show, maybe 15 seconds or so, a moment of silence to honor the memory of Tyler Recton, son of Brian Recton, who's part of our Salem Media Group family. This has been a moment of silence for Tyler Recton, you're just joining us Tyler uh, was the son of Brian Recton who uh, works for K Dow, Kfax and 860 the answer the three talk stations here in the Bay Area from the Salem Media Group and I took a moment of silence uh, because he tragically passed away a couple of weeks ago and his memorial service is going on right now even as I speak. Today on the show, I'm going to be talking about, two types of legal court actions that I do regularly and that I've done uh, probably uh, either done or in the process of doing about eight or nine of them since the beginning of this uh, this calendar year working out of my office here in San Jose. They're also going to be the topic of a seminar that I'm going to have coming up that I've almost finished putting together. I'll be advertising it on the show, and uh, this is aimed at two types of situations that actually come up fairly regularly in uh, legal practice when you're talking about uh, wills and trusts, and especially when you're talking about trusts, revocable living trusts, and then other types of trust, irrevocable trusts that may have been created during someone's lifetime, or may be created on their death when their revocable trust becomes irrevocable because they're no longer around to to revoke it. The first situation, which is something that I see fairly regularly, has to do with the issue of property that was owned by someone who has passed away and they had a trust of some kind, either a revocable living trust or an irrevocable trust, But for whatever reason, they either failed to transfer the ownership of property that they had into the trust ownership, or maybe just as commonly, they had the property owned in their trust, but then took it out of the trust for some reason and forgot to put it back in. Now, when I'm talking about property, you're probably thinking, oh, Bob's talking about real estate. Well, Real estate is a very common problem for this, but property is real property or real estate and personal property. Personal property includes things like bank accounts, brokerage accounts, annuities with a beneficiary that's not alive anymore or is not named at all. Also retirement plans and life insurance that don't have a named beneficiary. Um, Personal property, works of art, vehicles, uh, precious metals, jewelry, thing like things like that that are not identified specifically anywhere in an estate plan as being part of someone's trust. In a situation like that, if someone passes away here in the state of California and has a trust, but they have property in their individual name or payable to their estate, which means their probate estate, that is $150,000 or more in value, and that's not per item, that's total value. So like $50,000 in a CD and $120,000 in a brokerage account together is 170 dollars That will trigger some kind of probate court action being necessary. Now, if someone has a living trust they probably or should have a special type of will that goes along with that living trust, what we call a pour over will. It's called a pour over will because it will typically have instructions in it that says, upon my death, take any property that I may own that is subject to the probate court and take it and do whatever is necessary to pour it over into the trust that I created. Now, I like thinking of living trust as being like a toy box for your toys, with your toys being, obviously, the things that you own. Uh, Your home, rental properties, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, bank accounts, jewelry, precious metals, works of art, things like that. Those are all your toys. And, And if someone passes away and there's toys on the ground that either weren't put in the box in the first place, Or maybe we're taken out of the box, like, for example, someone's residence being taken out of their trust in order to put a new loan on to refinance and then neglecting to put it back into the trust. That is more common than you could possibly imagine. And it's because many lenders require people to take property out of their living trust in order to put a loan on it. And oftentimes, there is um, there is a disconnect and the property stays out of the trust and is never put back in. That's like taking a toy out of your toy box to play with it and then leaving it on the floor and not putting it away. Those of you who have young kids like I do, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Those of you who have grown-up kids, you probably remember when they were younger kids, yeah, they left stuff on the floor. Now, in the case of trusts, when property is left outside of the trust or maybe properties acquired in the future but not put in the trust ownership that's going to often trigger the need for some kind of court action through the poor pro, excuse me through the probate court that being said what kind of court action might very well depend on what kind of documentation the trust has showing intent that property actually be in trust and also may also depend what county you happen to be located somewhere in the state of California. So when I come back after the break, we're coming on the first show break now, I'm going to continue on talking about loose property that's not in trust and the type of court action that I do regularly to help people get that property into the trust after someone has passed away. So until then, uh, let's take a a brief commercial break. And then after the break, come back in and we'll talk about how we deal with property that's left outside of a trust and how to get it back inside that trust after someone has passed away. Talk with you after the break. This is attorney Bob Bergman.
2: Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio. Once again, your host, estate planning trust and probate law specialist, attorney Bob Bergman.
1: Hi, welcome back. Before the break, I was talking about um, a fairly common situation where people have created trusts of various kinds, either living trusts uh, or uh, either revocable living trust or irrevocable trusts for various reasons. And for some reason, Before they passed away, they either have property like real estate or personal property like bank accounts and other financial accounts that they either never transferred into the trust ownership or else it was taken out of the trust, maybe for a refinance, for example, of a piece of real estate and never put back into the trust. Now, if the trust is like a wooden toy box and the things someone owns are their toys, what we're talking about is if there's property that was purchased and left on the floor of the play playroom instead of put in the toy box, or property that was taken out of the toy box and then left on the floor and not put back in. Now, this will require some kind of legal action to be taken to get that property into the trust after someone has died. If the value of the property collectively is less than $150,000, then as a general rule... Uh, you can do what's called a small estate affidavit, if it's a very, if it's a piece of real estate worth less than one hundred fifty thousand dollars, and that's the only thing, you can petition the court for um, for a small real estate petition. That's pretty straightforward, fairly easy to do. But if it's more than one hundred fifty thousand dollars of property, uh, whether it's real estate or bank accounts, brokerage accounts, things like that then you have to go and look at, was there a pour-over will that the person prepared that directs that property be turned over to their trust? Um, And if there is no pour-over will, then the question is, is there other written evidence that the person intended the property to be part of their trust? That evidence could be things like a letter that says, I'm putting my house into my trust. It could be things like a schedule of assets attached to the trust that identifies the specific property uh, as intending to be in the trust. It could also be in the form of an assignment of property that says to the words the effect I assign all of my property I have now or may acquire in the future into the ownership of this trust. And then the trust is identified well. In certain parts of the state, certain counties of the state, you have to go through the entire probate process using the pour-over will in order to get that property into someone's trust after they've died. However, there is a special procedure that could be followed in the probate code under probate code section 850, or what we say PC 850, which is popularly called a Hegstat petition and a Hegstat petition involves going to court and presenting to the court evidence that this trust was intended to own the property that was left outside of the trust. The evidence could be it was in the trust and that it was taken out to refinance and unfortunately never put back in. It could be that it's listed on a schedule of assets As intended to be in the trust but for whatever reason was never actually transferred into the trust ownership or it could be a general assignment that identifies the category of property intended to be in the trust you know like all of my bank accounts and this was a bank account a a $200,000 CD at, at a commercial bank that could do it now these types of petitions in some counties have to be done as noticed petitions, which means that you actually have to file it on the court's calendar. You have to wait for the two, three, four, five, six or more months to get on the court's calendar, have the petition heard, and then hope that the judge will grant the petition and direct that the property be turned over into the trust ownership. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, there's a better way. I can assist people anywhere in the state of California that have a situation like this. I don't care what county they're in. I don't care where the the person who died, what county they lived in. Um, if it was in the state of California and the trust was in California, I can assist families uh, without a noticed hearing, what we call ex parte, meaning no formal hearing. I can assist them to get that property into the trust In as little as one week's time, depending on how quickly I can gather the information, put it together, and have the petition signed by the person going to court. And then also agreed to and signed by every person whose interest would be affected by the action to get that property into the trust. Now, in the usual trust situation, the heirs and beneficiaries are for example, someone's children, maybe it's someone's siblings, maybe it's a niece or a nephew, and they are more than eager to agree to some kind of court action that can quickly, maybe in as little as a week, get that property into the trust so that it then can be distributed to the people who are going to be inheriting through the trust, or then can then be sold so the proceeds can be distributed. I do these regularly for people since the beginning of the year. I've already uh, had two or three of them approved, ex parte, no formal hearing, walking in, filing the paperwork, presenting it to the judge, and the judge signing my order, getting the order filed, and walking right back out again. It's an amazing thing. If you're in a situation right now where you've had a parent or other loved one pass away and the family's now looking at their trust and realizing, oh my gosh, mom's house um is not titled in the trust, or there's this quarter million dollar brokerage account that's not titled in the trust, and there's no beneficiary named on it. Or there's life insurance over here that has no named beneficiary. Those kinds of situations I can help with. I have a dedicated website. Focused just on this type of situation. It's called hegstathelp.com. Hegstat is spelled H E G G S T A D. Heg, H E G G, Stat, S T A D, help, all one word, dot com. If you have that kind of situation, or if you know of that kind of situation, even if it's a family member or a friend down in Los Angeles or Orange County or up in Sacramento, uh, over in the East Bay, in the Central Valley, up north. I've done it for Del Norte and Lake County so far this year. I can help out. Hegstathelp.com is the place to go get answers and start that process. You could also give me a call directly at 408 or email me at hegstadt at lawbob, L-A-W-B-O-B dot com. Um, if you have that situation, I'm happy to help. Now, we're coming up on the mid-show break. And after that break, I'm going to talk about another type of situation dealing with trust after someone has died that is very, very common here in the state of California. And I'm also going to explain how can I, I can exist in a situation like that. But when we come back after the break, we'll talk about that situation. In the meantime, visit Hegstat Help if you have one of those loose toy on the floor situations where the trust is now irrevocable. I can help you with that. So when we come back after the break, we'll continue with more Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, estate planning attorney, Bob Bergman.
2: What does building a better at
0: Barracuda.com backup
1: This is Plan Your Estate
2: Radio with San Jose Planning Attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220
1: KDOW. Hi, welcome back. Well, before the break, I finished up my discussion of a special type of court petition called a Hegstat petition that permits families to go through the court system very quickly and efficiently in order to get property transferred into a trust after someone has died, where they actually left the property, whether it's real estate or personal property, bank accounts, financial accounts, things like that, uh, where they had the property outside of their trust at death, either unintentionally or um, or through for example, a refinance in the second half of the show, I'm going to talk about another common issue that comes up in the context of trusts now. This is primarily in the context of trusts that that were set up many many years ago uh, here in California by married couples, um, but it can also apply uh, for someone who's an individual. But primarily, married couples. Years ago, we had a federal estate tax exclusion that was a very low dollar amount of six hundred thousand dollars. Now, what I'm talking about there is when you pass away, if you have uh, an estate that's a certain size, you may owe tax to the federal government for everything above a certain dollar amount. Uh, Currently, it's $11.4 million per person dying as long as they're eligible. You have to be U.S. tax resident to be eligible. Um, But... Many years ago, that number was $600,000. So a lot of trusts were set up a long time ago for married couples that required them to divide the property that they owned here in California into two or more trusts after the first one of them passed away. This is probably the most common reason to do a petition under probate code section 15403. That's 15,403 or possibly 15,409. Now, these probate code sections actually provide that if a trust is irrevocable and the beneficiaries of the trust all agree, um, that they can go to court and they can ask that the court make a modification or even terminate the trust um, if it's appropriate to do so. Now in the case of the older style trust that married couple did married couples did, because they divided property, the purpose of that was to use the estate tax exemption of the first spouse that died. For example, if there was a million dollar estate twenty five years ago in Santa Clara County, not unusual. If one spouse died, their half of the property, half a million dollars, would go into a special trust for the benefit of the surviving spouse called a bypass trust. You might see it as a B trust if you have one of those old style trusts. And the bypass trust provided to pay income and principal if necessary to the surviving spouse for life and then eventually passed on to the children or other heirs. The purpose of dividing the estate was so that when their surviving spouse died, the taxable property that they had uh, in their half, their survivor's trust or a trust, if you will, that would be what would be subject to federal estate tax. But everything in the B trust or bypass trust, plus the future appreciation after the first spouse died, would not be subject to the estate tax. But we come forward to today where the percentage of taxable estates for the federal estate tax is a fraction of a percent. Back 25 years ago in this valley, it could have been 8% of the families. Now it's a fraction of a percent of the families. Most people don't need to divide up the property anymore for tax purposes. So the question becomes, what happens now if a spouse dies? And the surviving spouse looks, comes to someone like me, and they say, oh, my goodness, it says I have to divide everything up. We have a $2 million estate. That's well below what would ever be taxed by my to my family. Do I have to divide this up? Do I have to follow what the trust says? The answer is either yes, you do if you choose to, but it can also be no, you don't, if you and your children who are going to inherit agree you don't need to. And the way you do that is by going to court for a trust modification petition under the probate code section 15403. This, like the Hegstap petition I was talking about in the first half of the show today, can be done ex parte. Ex parte meaning without a formal hearing, if you're just tuning in, And as long as everybody consents to the petition and signs off and says, we agree with this, we want this to happen, then the court will sign a court order making whatever modification you want to that trust. Now, a modification that removes the requirement to divide the trust up is a very common one. But there's other things that you might want to do in the trust. You might, for example want to build in asset protection planning for the inheritance that's going to be received by the children or grandchildren or others in the future. Older trusts did not do anything like that for the inheritance. They typically would say, oh, let's just leave everything to the children when they're over a certain age and that's it. Or we'll we'll put it in trust and give it to them in installments over time, but then that's it. No lifetime asset protection for the inheritance, which I'm very, very big on. It's the kind of thing I've done for my own children in my estate plan uh, because I don't trust the boys that want to marry my daughter someday. Now, my daughters are turning 11 in a few weeks. But if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. You start worrying about them very early on. My girls are growing up much too fast. And I, I look at them and I go, they're almost as tall as their mother now couple more years, they're certainly going to be taller than she is. And they're turning into little young ladies now. So putting in things like asset protection planning might make sense. Putting in provisions that actually name successor trustees or now put in a mechanism for appointing successor trustees may be another reason to make a change. Putting in a trust protector so you have a third party or a committee of people that can now go in there and they can have oversight over a trustee that's handling things for um, maybe for future beneficiaries. Now, I suggest to people that let's go in and modify the trust to get rid of the requirement that everything be turned over into two or more new trusts, have it all go into the survivor's trust because typically the petitioner is the surviving spouse, And then let's get together at the same time and create a new trust with all the bells and whistles and great new things that can be put in that weren't really thought of 20 or 25 years ago. And then when we get the court order that says everything goes into your trust, you'll have a whole new trust that redoes everything, brings it up to date, brings it into the 21st century and leaves behind the the older tired trust that really nowadays is kind of like looking at a 25-year-old automobile. It might still run, but it doesn't really run nearly as well as a brand new vehicle. And it's not going to get you and your family around nearly as well as a brand new vehicle either. So this type of petition, I call a, a 15403 petition after the probate code section. It's to modify the trust. You can add provisions to a trust. You can remove provisions from a trust. You can change provisions of a trust. You could even modify the trust by replacing it with an entirely new trust. But I don't do that in these kind of petitions. I want to leave the new trust private. So the way we do that is by doing a new estate plan uh, at the same time that we're getting the old estate plan modified. So if you're a surviving spouse and you're looking at this trust, if your spouse passed away one, two, three, four, five years ago and you didn't do anything at all, you need to take a look at that trust and have it be looked at by someone like me who can actually evaluate it and let you know whether or not you have one of those older style trusts that need to be fixed. Um, I call trusts like these broken trusts and I call myself the I'm a broken trust doctor as an attorney I have a dedicated website that deals just with this issue called irrevocable trust doctor all one word dot com and here I talk about the kinds of things why you might want to change a trust like this change it so that you can add new things in uh, again, like I mentioned with the Heg stats, these can be done on an ex parte basis as long as everybody whose interests are affected agrees to it. Um, I've got three of those that I have in action right now. Um, and, and it's interesting what you can do, the kinds of things we're doing. We're basically trying to get rid of the A-B trust split. A very, very common thing we're trying to do. So if you have a situation like that, consider giving me a call at 408-247-0444. Or you could even email me at hegstat at lawbob.com. H-E-G-G-S-T-A-D at lawbob.com. I use that email for both types of petitions when I'm working with people. I've done a number of both types of petitions for the clients of attorneys all over the state of California, Southern and Northern California, um, and over here in the Bay Area as well. So consider giving me a call or emailing me if that's something that you'd like to discuss with me. After the break, I'm going to come back and we're going to cover some new things, things from around the state. This is attorney Bob Bergman talk with you after the break.
2: Face now back to Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney
1: Bob Bergman. Hi, welcome back. So on our show today, I've been talking about a number of different things. In the first half of the show, I talked about a special type of court petition called a Hegstad petition. That's H-E-G-G-S-T-A-D petition under Probate Code Section 850, where it's possible to take property that someone owned during their lifetime or that's payable to their estate when they died and make sure to get it over into their trust after death without going through the full probate process. I've already urged those of you who may have a situation like that, where uh, maybe a parent's passed away and you discover in handling things that there's property still in their name that was never put into their trust. If it's anywhere in the state of California, it has to be California real estate, bank accounts, brokerage accounts could be anywhere in the country. Um, You contact me, 408-247-0444, or email me at Hegstad H-E-G-G-S-T-A-D, at lawbob.com. And uh, let's start a conversation. We'll be able to determine very quickly if I can assist you. In a similar fashion, I can assist those of you out there who have lost a spouse and uh, and uh, and then you've determined that you actually have an older trust that is uh, is going to require you to divide the property up. Um, give me a call. As long as you and the beneficiaries of the trust agree, we can fix that problem too so that you don't have to actually divide everything up, or you don't leave the family later on having to divide it up after you've died and report it that way. You can end, uh, you could lose massive tax benefits if you know that problem while you're still alive. So I urge you again, you can also contact me at hegstat at lawbob.com about that, or give me a call at 408-247-0444. Now, those of you who have been listening for quite some time, I think I'm i am in about a year now on this show. Those of you who've contacted me, they're talking with me on the phone or by email to let me know your regular listeners. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, keep tuning in. I want to keep giving you good information, giving you insights into the world of living trusts and estate planning and the, some of the neat things we can actually do. I also want to urge you to take advantage of the free seminars that I offer regularly in my office here in San Jose. <clears throat> Since I moved in, I have a dedicated seminar room in my office uh, that also doubles as a place for one of my children to to uh, stay if she's not feeling well. Um, that ha- that happened earlier this week. I had one of my daughters in the office here for a day or so because her mom was at her office. Right now she's at home with her mom because mom works from home on Fridays. But uh, my seminar room can hold up to 18 guests. I have great handout materials that are completely free uh, for you to take with you. I give a lot of information in my seminars Uh, things that maybe you've never heard of anywhere before or even read about. I've been doing estate planning for a long time. Um, I'm right now entering, oh gosh, what am I, 38 years of practice of law. I hope to get it right someday. That's an old joke right there. But tomorrow, so you know, I have my Living Trust Seminar starting at 8.30 in my office here in San Jose. And then later on in the morning... Starting, uh, let's see, I think starting at 10:15, I have my special seminar on planning for retirement plan assets. Things like those IRAs and 401k plans and things like that called the Retirement Plan Trust Seminar. Both seminars are here in my office in San Jose. You can go to my website at lawbob.com, L-A-W-B-O-B dot com, and at my website you can follow the links at the bottom of the banner page there banner at the top of the page click through to go and look at my calendar to see when seminars are coming up if you see one you'd like to register for click through and then you can it will take you to eventbrite.com where you can register for the seminar or you can go straight to eventbrite.com search for the living trust seminar And then search for the Retirement Plan Trust Seminar. Both searches will pull that up. You can go ahead and book uh, or reserve a spot right through there. My seminars are completely free. I don't expect you to pay anything at the door. You can come in, um, get entertained, get educated, and, and go away a much better informed consumer with much better knowledge about living trusts and probate and conservatorship and the issues that they all bring to our lives, how they complicate our lives and how living trusts actually can be used to make our lives and our families' lives after we're gone a lot less complicated. That's what I do as an attorney. That's what I've dedicated my life to as an attorney is helping families with their estate planning And I'm hopeful that much of what I'm doing today will be valuable to planning to families years after I'm gone because they will be implemented many, many years from now. So that's our show for today. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've been informed. Give me a call, 408-247-0444. You can always email me at radio at lawbob.com. Visit my website at lawbob.com. And consider registering for one or both of my free seminars tomorrow in my office here. That's uh, tomorrow, Saturday, March 16th. Until next week, this is Attorney Bob Bergman. Goodbye.
2: You've been listening to Plan Your Estate Radio with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, Visit lawbob.com, where you'll also find information on his upcoming estate planning seminars. L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com. Or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio.